You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Palmerbet. Play the punting advantage this footy season. Gamble responsibly. Call the gambler's helpline on 1-800-858-858. And Climate Air Conditioning. Climate Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. Yes, g'day there, Red and Blue Army. Thanks for joining us for another bumper episode of Red Legs Radio. We can officially use the F word this evening, finals. A qualifying final date with the Eagles at Adelaide Oval on Sunday at 3.15pm. The winner into the second semi against Glenelg. The loser lives to fight another day against the loser, against the winner, I beg your pardon, of the elimination final. What a remarkable series of events over the final round allowed the legs to snatch third place from North Adelaide. We were 43-point winners over the Crows. Meanwhile, the Roosters got pummeled by Sturt, whose finals hopes at the time were being dashed by South Adelaide. It was a fascinating end to a fascinating Sandful minor round and a fascinating show ahead of us tonight. How about this? Just 48 hours out from the preliminary final, Port Adelaide captain, and as we like to recall around these parts, former Norwood gun Tom Jonas will be on the line Ex-international umpire and Norwood tragic Daryl Harper is stepping out from his golf trip to have a chat with us as well. And Sandful footy expert Zach Milbank will make sense of the two big finals games ahead of us. We have a special guest today. I will get to him shortly, but a welcome to my co-host and the Avis of Advertiser Sandful Footy Reporting because he is proudly number two. I said budget. Come on, let's get this right. Benny Cameron, how are you, mate? Very well, Hooky. Very much looking forward to this week. Camo, as amateurs like you and me both are, we like to work with luminaries of the broadcasting caper. Last week it was Angela Pippos. This week we've gone to the top of the mountain once again. The voice of sporting radio in this town for more than 25 years is the doyen of ABC Grandstand. Well and truly retired now, but still a regular face at Cooper Stadium to follow his beloved red legs. It's a very warm welcome to Roger Wills. Roger, g'day. G'day, Benz, and it's just fabulous to be here in the Red Legs Radio studio and uh, looking forward to the weekend. I've got the other Geelong scarf on for tomorrow night, of course. You've got a Friday. You've got a big weekend. You've got tomorrow night to get through, and then, of course, your your your, your love of the last twenty five or so years, the Norwood Football Club, um, probably your twentieth finals campaign um, since you've been living and working here in Adelaide. Roger is my best estimation. I mean, think of you've been here what? bit over 30 years now? January the 12th, 1985, I came here and so, and I stopped talking uh, 10 years ago at the weekend when they had the first official AFL match at the Adelaide Oval between Port Adelaide and Melbourne. Yes. The Adelaide Oval, not Football Park. And uh, so uh, I just really enjoy watching and going to the local games, particularly Norwood and uh, 
and the primary club, which is great for blind cricket and, and legacy, which is a wonderful cause. But to go around and to read about the histories and go to the go to the, the clubs. I went to the West Adelaide Footy Club uh, last night. The cricket lovers. We had uh, Jeff Bomber Hammond there. It's 25 wow. years since that famous draw that South Australia last won the Sheffield Shield, holding out Western Australia. Roger, what have you missed about the Combox? Well, I think the camaraderie of working with the Peter Walshers and uh, and Rod Jamisons and Stephen Williams, who's he is a port man, but he's a terrific guy. And uh, I think the commentary, you know, the, the technical side of things, Spence Denny's and all that sort mm. of stuff. And you know that you're going to the country, like on his tractor. You know, yeah. And 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 what's the score? And, and that's where it was. You know, I I love working with those people. Has there been a moment? Over the last 10 years, you've, you've watched this from your living room or wherever, and, you, and you've thought, I'd love to be calling this right now. It's got you thinking about your career. Not really, because I've had almost 40 years, starting 50 years ago in, in Sydney with Alan McGilvray's and Norman Mays and uh, Jeff Marnie, who did the racing and the boxing. But then to go, I went down to, uh, I went down to uh, Melbourne in 1976 for a couple of months with Graham Dawson. I'd actually... Wanted, if I wasn't living in Australia, I'd live in Wales because of the rugby and the singing. And I went away. And so I had contract there. I worked with Dunlop Slazinger in Sydney, a marketing department, when when a person, Kerry Packer, decided to televise the Australian Open Golf at the Australian Golf Club. And we had Jack Nicholas. But I kept in touch with the ABC. And then I went down to Tasmania in 74-5 where Tim Lane started full-time from Launceston, and we did the now Mike... there's a broadcaster. He there is, is There excellent. is a broadcaster, and he, mm. we did the Mike Deness matches at the TCA ground and the NTCA ground. Now it's Bell Reeve. And I rejoined the ABC in, in uh, June of 1979, went back to Tasmania, which I think is just a superb place to go and live and all the sport you had, and then moved here in January 1985. Roger, um, tell us about the reason why you decided to choose the Norwood Football Club as the team you'd support in South Australian football. Was it Hayden Bunton? It was Hayden Bunton Jr. Because as, as you did, I was, as a boy, 1960, I was sent from Sydney down to Geelong where they played a game of Aussie rules. It was Farmer <laughs> to Gog and to Wade, so I followed Geelong. But also, I, I did a Bachelor of Arts at ANU in Canberra, which was a wonderful time. There was a person called Jezelenko playing for Eastlake. Well, and so Aussie rules and rugby union was really good, etc. So, But I always read, I did history and political science at, uh, at uh, ANU. But to read about history of sport and then to read about Hayden Bunton Jr., and for example, I've got the men of Nord, the red and blue blooded by Mike Coward. What a great writer. And there was Hayden Bunton Jr. And I thought, um, what a story. I've got to follow that team in Adelaide, Norwood. So you used to follow teams right around Australia. But that was the reason when I got here and, and went to the club for the first time and read about the club and the history, I thought, I've got to follow the Redlegs. Your favourite memory of your time supporting the club? think my my favorite memory was I was saying to Ben beforehand and I knew I was coming over here in uh, 1985 and and back in 1984 they used to do the VFL on television the week before and the week after the ABC television I was in Hobart packing up ready to come here they televised the Sandville grand final so I saw 1984 mm. the Keith Thomas when that comeback and I thought Wow. So when I got here, I, I, of course, went straight to Nordham. I just loved the, 
I love the club and I love the history of the Nord area. Mm. Apart from football, all the other stuff that's gone on, but to go to there and the club and then to go and call football and on the on the top of this is Gary McIntosh, my yeah. favourite player. Had him on the show a few weeks ago. <laughs> Absolute character. Well, but, but what a fantastic person and player. Yeah. And, of course, uh, his club, uh, Paynham Norwood Union, playing in the grand final against um, Prince Alfred Old Collegians this weekend. i tell you what, Roger, I've just listed them off. Jack Nicholas, Polly Farmer, Alex Jezelinko, Hayden Bunton Jr., Gary McIntosh. I throw it. You've dropped some names in the studio. We're going to have to get the broom out to sweep them all up. You've dropped uh, that many. Hey, but, you know, we're talking football here, and you've mentioned a little bit about um, your love of cricket as well. You had to be so versatile as a commentator for ABC. I mean, we talked a few years ago about how in 1988 you're off to Cronulla Beach because the Grange Surf Club is racing in the surf boats final, and they won. I mean, it must have been tremendously... Um, a lot of work, a lot of research. We've called soccer games together. I mean, it was quite incredible, the amount of sports you had to cover. And you had to learn the numbers and learn what they all look like and go through the and, and work it out that way. And when willing calling soccer, for example, you hardly ever saw them. Football, you would see them. Cricket, you would see them. But but what I used to love was, was not only the homework, but, but working with your team, but also... The words, because as Alan McGilvray said in Sydney, you're, you're talking to a blind person, so you had to paint the picture. And as Menzies said to McGilvray, when in doubt, give the score. And to come here in, in, in Adelaide and to work with people like Les Favell was just amazing. And then the football, I mean, Jimmy Dean, what a legend, mm. Jimmy Dean. But also after the game with Jimmy, what you learnt by listening. But it was again, and it was also very important, both bench, the pronunciation how do yeah. you pronounce that person's name and, and learn what they look like and which way they... Something our modern-day commentators some, <laughs> sometimes stumble over. But who, who has been your biggest um, influence as a commentator? Well, it's, it's probably, uh, you know, Alan McGilvray's. I, I just what, think... Why, why was he so special? I mean, he's just held up as, you know, the icon of, of the Combox. I think he had a, a real understanding of the game and the players. I think he really mm. he worked with him, and that was the same with Les Favell. I mean, you just listen to Les Favell, and then you're working with a, a Terry Jenner. You've got Shane Warne bowling, so so you call the play. It wasn't about me, what happened, then the expert. Then you had Bob Massey, who took 16 wickets mm. on debut at, at, the, at, the, at Lord's, etc. But you listen to these people, so you bring them in. So a person who knows the game, like you two, what's going on? And therefore, I, I love words. I, I just really mm. enjoy words and, uh, and, uh, and let alone the stories of clubs. And that's why the Sandville History Group here, you know, with all the characters and all the history of, uh, of, 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 of the clubs and the people. Well, speaking of history, you would obviously love the, the scoreboard at the Adelaide Oval, I would assume. Did you happen <laughs> to read Christopher Pine's article a few weeks ago? Well, I had was to say, sacred? I had to say, the Melbourne supporter Spence Denny, who was a t our technical man at the football for years, and uh, I, he got me on, and I just, I just can't, and I just can't understand. Just, I just, I'm sorry. It, 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 if you can't, if you can't look at the scoreboard, 1911, look at the Morton Bay figs, or listen to the Cathedral. Exactly. I'm sorry, you don't know. What about, what about the English supporters coming out here for the? For the test match, etc. I think I, I just it's and to think and for him to think that 
the Mexicans, as we said in Sydney about the Victorians. <laughs> now that last Easy, year was Rog, the, I'm a Victorian. Last year was at the Gabba. Well, I followed you along. Last year was, <laughs> was, was last year was uh, at the Gabba, and this year's in Perth. Mm. Now to think uh, for the next fifty years, it's not going to be. We'll be at the MCG. <laughs> We're talking about Adelaide Oval, uh, and this year, of course, Norwood are taking on the Eagles there on Sunday afternoon. You've seen a fair bit of Norwood this year. Just your overview on how you've assessed their year, and do you think they're a chance on Sunday against the Eagles? I haven't seen a huge amount, but um, I, 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 uh, I, I think they are. With Matthew Nunn coming back, mm. and also I think probably a bit weird, but I was with the legendary Terry Farquharson watching the game in the Edwin Smith stand when they led Glenelg by 42 points at half time, standing ovation. Then you knew the Tigers would come roaring back. They did. But I think the way that the way that the new coach made Rawlings, you know, they've come up the curve at the right time. It's mm. all about timing. So I'm, I'm pretty confident that if they get over the Eagles, who are obviously... You know, know what to do, don't they, in finals? It wasn't that long ago we were in danger of not making the finals. And look at us now. So anything can happen over the next few weeks. Yes, it's... Uh, it, oh, look, it, and it, it is. That's what finals are about, aren't they? It's the timing of you your run. You just have to make it. Absolute treat. Listen to the voice of our special guest, Roger Wills. We do need to get to a break. And on the other side, we'll be catching up with Tom Jonas, the captain of the Port Adelaide Football Club. It's Ben Hook, Ben Cameron, and our special guest, the doyen, of radio commentary here in South Australia. Roger Wills, don't go away. You're listening to Redlegs Radio. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Palmer Bet. Play the punting advantage this footy season. Gamble responsibly. Call the Gambler's Helpline on 1800 858 858. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Palmer Bet. Play the punting advantage this footy season. Gamble responsibly. Call the Gambler's Helpline on 1-800-858-858. Yeah, thanks for joining us on Redlegs Radio. A couple of days ago, I caught up with the Port Adelaide Football Club captain, Tom Jonas. Tom, of course, a former player for the Norwood Football Club, and we thought it was a great opportunity to have a chat with him in the lead-up to the big preliminary final with Port Adelaide taking on the Western Bulldogs here at Adelaide Oval on Saturday night. We spoke to him a couple of days ago. This is my chat with Tom Jonas now. Tom Jonas, welcome to Redlegs Radio. Cookie, thanks for having me, mate. Good on you, mate. Uh, I've got to ask you one question about uh, Port Adelaide uh, that I reckon you're going to hear a few times in the next week and a half. <laughs> got a spare ticket for the grand final? Yeah, tell you what, that'd be a nice position to be in. So um, happy to field any requests um, in a couple of days after we've won the prelim. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that in the meantime. Uh, let's go back, uh, Tom. Let's talk about your start in footy, your time at the Norwood Football Club. Uh, you came from Ross Trevor College, uh, joined Norwood, and I think you had a bit of a rocky start in under-18s. Is that right? Yeah, my um, ties to the Red Legs run pretty deep. So I, I did all the junior development squads, and I actually um, was the water boy for the under-19s because Dad was the runner for Tom Warhurst and then Brett Hand for wow. um, a handful of years. So I'd play footy and then go out there and, run water for the under-19s and looked up to sort of the lower brothers and whatnot. And then, um, yeah, footy probably, you know, got away from me a little bit. I just developed a bit later and wasn't much chop. I missed out on the under-18s at um, the start of my 18s year. And I went back and played B grade for Ross Trevor Old Collegians. Um, and then fortunately about round three, I got the call up and basically held down full back in the under-18s. 
rocking a knee brace. So I wasn't doing anything particularly exciting. But yeah, I, I certainly wasn't shooting the lights out. I just probably do what I do now, a bit of a role player, and uh, I'm just happy to be part of it. Am I right in saying that Bass, basically, he was the senior coach at the time and basically insisted that he needed you playing under-18s to give you a crack? Yeah, pretty well. I think Bass saw that I could, um, you know, take instructions. I was coachable and um, I'd at least have a crack and, you know, he thought there was no harm in me playing ahead of maybe someone else. So um, he got me a start there and I was fortunate enough to play a little bit of resis at the end of that year and then, um, once again, Bass gave me my first um, gong at league level um, the following year, 2010. So people at your level of footy talk about self-belief and how driven they are. I mean, did you have any sort of expectation when you're running around playing fullback for Ross Trevor Old Collegians that there was an extensive AFL career still ahead of you? Nah, I think it'd be um, a bit bizarre if I did say that. It was more just that same boyhood dream that I'd probably held since, you know, six years of age. I obviously would would have loved to play AFL at some stage and, you know, playing at the MCG in a grand, on grand final day is the, the ultimate um, dream, but it, it was pretty far away. I was just going about my business. I was at uni studying a law degree. I had a part-time job and um, I went to footy training three nights a week and hoped to get a game on the weekend. 2010, you make your debut. I think it was against Glenelg. You go on to play in the grand final against Central District that year. Just sort of step us through some of your memories of 2010 and your first league game. Yeah, it was an incredible year. I think we, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but started 0-3 and three or 4 and then went on some sort of um, killing streak. And I got picked in, yeah, against the Bays on Friday night, which... You know, as all of the Red Legs listeners out there would know, it's as good as it gets Friday night at the parade, especially, you know, when you're playing one of your arch enemies like um, Norwood or uh, Porter Sturt. So, um, yeah, it was a pretty awesome debut. I spent a bit of time on Matthew Bode, so that was, you know, a big deal for an eight and 19 year old who um, was just in there sort of learning his craft and also Josh Carr that night. And it was pretty, it was a dream year. I, I you know, I was happy just playing my role and, um, I managed to hold my spot in the team and then to play in the grand final against the sort of formidable Central District Districts team and some of those names, is, um, yeah, it was awesome. Unfortunately, we came up short and the following years we'd go on to, you know, have a bit of a premiership run. But, um, yeah, it was a great year. I learned a lot and it set me up well for the future. You were rookie to Port Adelaide not long after that? Yeah, so I was rookie at the end of 2010 and I... I went on the footy trip with the North boys to Darwin and uh, had a pretty good time and came back to Adelaide and had a couple of interviews um, the following day. One was with Hawthorne and Jeff Morris, who spent time at Hawthorne and Port, um, came into my where I was living at Mum and Dad's that morning and um, I couldn't really speak. So that's probably the reason I didn't end up at Hawthorne. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so things sort of... Um, I wouldn't say they escalated dramatically, but there was a little bit of interest, three or four clubs. And I trained down at the Crows um, for a day and then did a week at Port, and they took a punt on me with the 16th, um, 16th pick in the rookie draft. You look back now, you're 10 years on with your career at Port Adelaide, of course, captain of the club. I mean, how do you reflect on on your relationship with the legs and, and I guess what it established, what it taught you in those early days? Yeah, it's been a bit of a conflict because I feel like regardless of what I say, sort of one supporter group's unhappy, but, you know, I have um, a deep respect for both and appreciation for what they've both given me. And um, 
I've got some great mates from Norwood and great memories, and you know I still live on the parade and look forward to going and watching Friday night footy at the parade in the future. And um, I, you know I learnt everything that's held me in good stead um, for my whole career, just to work hard and play my role, and you know lead others and just to be really coachable. And uh, fortunately, I've been coached by Bassett um, Port as well, so he sort yeah. of enhanced those, and it gave me a great platform to learn plenty more lessons once I got to got to Albert and so um, you know I, I love both clubs and there's not too many people that say that although there has <laughs> been a bit of a tradition of um, Norwood people being at Port particularly of late but um, yeah I'm just super grateful to both clubs. And it is amazing isn't it I mean you were captain of the club when Keith Thomas was CEO of the club I mean this is not a, a rub it in Port Adelaide it's a Norwood influence type of show but it is quite remarkable that between yourself and Bass and KT, um, all of you from the Norwood Football Club and all now playing... Well, Keith, of course, has moved on in the last 12 months, but all playing such a significant role at uh, the AFL club that traditionally was the great rival. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, it's hard to weigh in exactly why that happened, whether it's just chance or um, or something more than that. But there's always been a, you know, it's a strong rivalry, but there's a mutual respect there in the way that both clubs go about it and... Um, Matty was the coach when Matty Primus was the coach when I got drafted as well. Yeah. He obviously had the connection to the Red Legs, and I played a bit, bit of footy there with Simon Phillips and Fife and a few others as well. So uh, it's it's nice to have you know that crossover and sort of get the best of both. Yeah, Matty Thomas even I reckon might have been might have been a bit before your yep. time, but he was certainly around that similar era as well. well one other thing that I guess links Port Adelaide and Norwood uh, teach is the West Coast and Air Peninsula, which was the Port Adelaide zone when they were uh, strictly speaking an SNFL club, and that's become the Norwood zone now. And I'm pretty sure you would be aware that there are a number of uh, young lads starring for the legs who uh, have their origins, have their roots in the West Coast. It must be great for you with a with a foot in both camps to see that area continue to be so well harvested by South Australian football. Yeah, it's an incredible breeding ground. And being at Ross Trevor College as well, a lot of the boarders that played for Norwood or Port, um, you know, went through there. So yeah. I had a bit of crossover. So all of my mates that I grew up with, at school and I'm playing footy with now, you know, the likes of Scott Lysett, um, Sam Gray, um, Jack Nelligan, who played juniors at Port. Um, they're all Air Peninsula boys and, and now it's flipped the other way and Norwood are getting um, access to some of that great talent. Mm. Uh, your brother Sam played in a premiership with Sturt. I think it was 2016 against the Eagles. I mean, I'm sure you're not jealous of, of Sam and uh, with, with everything that you've been able to achieve in your football career, but... I mean, you miss 12, 13 and 14. Do you feel like there's just one thing missing in your footy career, just being able to be part of a premiership at, at the top level? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I probably am a little bit jealous because that's what you play footy for. And if I had to recount my, my favourite footy memories, watching Sam win that um, premiership for Sturt, a team that you know I didn't don't necessarily look, have a great affinity for because <laughs> I didn't play for them at all. I still put down as probably my greatest footy memory, just being a part of that from a family perspective. So that's certainly what I want to achieve. And um, yeah, it was disappointing in 2010 and I was still pretty close to the group in um, 2012 and um, was really good mates with, or I'm really good mates with Tells and Brady Dore and a few of the others um, that played in that flag. So, you know, I I was right there for that. Um, And then on the flip side, I was right there for uh, the two Maggies, Maggie's um, grand finals where they got pipped. So it's mm. been, been a bit of a roller coaster, but I'm hoping that 
um, one day I'll be on the receiving end and be able to you know, be part of a premiership. Teach, it's worth me just declaring an interest here. Uh, both my wife and I are very good friends with uh, your parents-in-law, good friends with you by extension as well. Know your dad really well. On behalf of all Norwood people, mate, uh, thank you so much for your time today. I don't think there's too many Norwood fans who are desperate to see a Port Adelaide premiership in a couple of weeks' time. But if a former Norwood boy is the man who gets to lift the AFL premiership trophy in a couple of weeks, I know they'll be very proud. Really appreciate your time today on Redlegs Radio. No, I appreciate you having me on, Hookie. And if that's what gets them out of their seats, then that'll do me. But, um, yeah, hopefully we uh, have a big couple of weeks. Good on you, mate. Go well. Have a great couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be uh, catching up sometime in October as uh, Tom Jonas, Premiership captain. Good luck with it, mate. Cheers, mate. Much pressure. Tom Jonas there, the captain of the Port Adelaide Football Club. But in this show, he's renowned as a red leg star who uh, we miss and we uh, always love and cherish every time he makes an appearance back around the club. Tom Jonas, our special guest here on Red Legs Radio. Plenty more to come. Don't go away. You're listening to Red Legs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. Yes, Redlegs Radio and footy finals are upon us. And what comes after footy finals? Well, it's cricket season. And who better to coordinate both cricket and football than retired international cricket umpire and Norwood tragic Daryl Harper. Harps, welcome to Redlegs Radio. Thanks, Ben. Nice to join you. And yes, I am a tragic. I've been doing this cricket football thing longer than you. I've been doing it for 50 odd years. <laughs> now, well, not only are you the cricket footy tragic, you're a bit of a golf devotee as well. I reckon we find you in the middle of a golf trip at the moment. Is that right? That's true. I'm on my way to Berry for the South Australian Veterans Golf Association Week. Yeah, we'll have four hits up at uh, Berry and Barmer next week. So yeah, you've got to get up there and get a bit of practice in and and set up the caravan and, uh, yeah, enjoy, enjoy the country life. The handicap, please, Harps? No, we, we're, you're dropping out there, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> it's, gone the, it's gone the wrong side of 20. Oh, yeah, gee, I tell you, I'm, I don't want to talk golf uh, much either. <laughs> Talking about golf, though, you are part of the um, Past Players and Officials Golf Day, which is on October 15 at Tea Tree Gully Golf Club, and I think you can get involved in that if you are a past player or official, you know, if you're a supporter, I reckon you can probably get a berth as well. Just get in contact with the club. But that'll be a great little afternoon um, out at Tea Tree Gully, Harps. Oh, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, at the moment, I'm teamed up with Roger Woodcock. Um, and Woody and I went to school together, primary school, high school. Um, uh, I think Ross Dillon's joining us. Uh, a whole bunch of celebrities. It's, it's going to be a very exciting day. I just hope I can uh, swing a few and uh, get a few down the middle. Tell us, Harps, about your early days as a fan of the Norwood Football Club. Where did it originate? Well, it originated with my, uh, in my it's a family heritage, really. I grew up in South Paynham, and we, we had relatives that had played for Norwood. We had Joe Stoughton, for example, who played before the First World War. Uh, he was uh, a relative on my mum's side. And we also are closely related to Ernie Skinny Wadham, who was a, a Norwood legend, especially in the 20s. And uh, he was with the club for over 50 years as, as an administrator. But he actually, uh, he was played in four premierships around the, in the 20s. He was captain, he was coach, he won the Bay Sheffield. And we just grew up knowing that Skinny Wadham was Norwood and we were Norwood. There's never, never any suggestion we'd do anything different. What's your um, most special memory? Most special memory, I reckon as a kid, 
of about 12 in 1963, walking over to Nord Oval on a regular basis and getting in through the back gate at Beulah Road, the Beulah Road end, and just finding my way into a position like where jump, I could like see through the Like jumping the, the gate, crowd. sneaking in without paying? No, or? no. No, I always paid my sixpence. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, hey, I was a cricket umpire eventually, so I didn't do anything dishonest or irregular. Um, no, I, I just remember in those amazing days, they were the days when, uh, well, Killer had been around. Killer was around in that 60s vintage and Peter Minervini and Les Amory and all these guys came from Victoria to bolster the numbers. And, uh, yeah, so I was an old man. Unfortunately, they won the flag in 50, and I was born in 51, so I had to wait till 1975 before Ross Dillon and the boys got us over the line yeah. and broke that 25-year drought. Yeah, the 25-year uh, drought. But, but just, I can't help myself. I've just always been red and blue-blooded. Uh, what about following the club? And you've travelled overseas extensively with um, with your cricket umpiring, and we'll talk a bit about that. But how did you go following the legs while you're overseas before the era of uh, of the internet and mobile phones and being able to get live score updates? Well, mobile phones were okay in the nineties; they were coming in. So around about the turn of the century, I didn't have any trouble. I had a friend, or well, I still have a friend called Jeff. And he and his wife, Margie, used to sit on the half-forward flank in the southeastern pocket at Nord Oval. And Jeff would send me a message on the phone at the end of the seconds to give me the final result. And then he'd also message me every quarter-by-quarter quarter score. Now, unfortunately, wow. sometimes I was in Trinidad, and it was like 3.30 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> um, there was no way I was going to tell him to stop doing it because I, I wanted to keep up with the game. So, uh, no, I've, I've just always been a red legs man. And if they were playing, I had to know what was happening. Were there and, any... Uh, Jeff, Jeff kept me in touch. Sorry, Daryl. Were there any uh, cricket people um, who were actual Norwood fans themselves and you could share that love for the club? Were there any people getting around the international cricket scene that had a, had a soft spot for the club or even sample footy? Or were you just a lone ranger? I was a bit of a lone ranger because you've got to remember most of my time I was overseas and I wasn't with any Australians. I was Great. mixing with Pakistani, Sri Lankans. Yeah, that might make uh, it pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although, although in, uh, on some trips, I, I did come home with memorable photographs. I've got a, a great photo of Irfan Patan dressed ah. in a, an Adelaide Crows guernsey and holding the Adelaide Crows footy about the handball. He had no idea what he was doing. <laughs> I just set him up. I just like set him the, up one day. And so I've got Freddie Flintoff, I've got David Shepherd, I've got all these unusual people that uh, were, I was teaching about football. Jonty Rhodes, I've got a lovely photo of Jonty with my Norwood football going way back. He was, uh, he was a, just a great character and we always had a lot of fun on the field. It wasn't a matter of just making decisions. He, he and I were always chirping at each other and getting the last word in and uh, he was teaching me to speak a bit of Afrikaans and I was I was abusing people in the the language that he told me. I, I didn't realise he was putting it over me. Um, yeah, so so I was a bit of a lone ranger footy wise. I used to carry a footy with me wherever I went, and Is I travelled the world for about fifteen years. Has cricket umpiring become one of the toughest gigs going around? Because when you think about it, you could make a decision, give somebody at LBW, then it's reviewed and found to be an absolute howler, and then you're captured on TV having to, you know, obviously. Um, withdraw that decision. I mean, it doesn't get much worse well, than good, that, does it? Yeah, good question, but you've got to remember that these days um, it does get reviewed, it gets turned over, and no one actually remembers who's umpiring the game of cricket. You get through a test match and you, you look back and there's nothing much memorable oh. because 
because all the, all the decisions have been corrected. In my day, unfortunately, if we made a mess, it, we, we just had to wear it for the rest of the test match, and uh, it wasn't always very comfortable. Umpiring, so, no, it's not, it's not, it's not tough. It's, it's a lot easier than it used to be for us old blokes. It just feels like, you know, you make the right decisions and you sort of blend into the background and you're not really noticed, but if you make a couple of howlers, your name gets remembered. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way that I saw. I mean, there were a couple of stinking decisions decisions in that 05 Ashes series, which I can still remember vividly. And I know some cricket fans yeah. think Damien Martin smashed one onto his pad and was given out LBW. So I don't know. Yeah, I just sort of just feel... Clarify? Like... Can we just clarify that I didn't do that series? <laughs> of course not. I, 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 I did, <laughs> no, no, it wasn't I, a subtle attack. No. I did two Ashes tests. I got to umpire, I think, seven tests in Australia before we became totally neutral. So then my career was basically overseas around the world. So, um, yeah, so I can't be tarnished with that brush on that occasion. Uh, <laughs> Damien Martin, I, I did give Damien Martin out incorrectly on another occasion, though. That just came to mind as you mentioned his name. <laughs> what, what happened there? Oh, it was a Shield final. It was in Perth. Ah. Um, they won the game. And I gave him out caught behind, and the ball flicked the top of his pad uh, on on viewing the the slow mo. So yes, that was a poor decision. But fortunately, it came just before the match terminated on the fourth or fifth afternoon, and WA won. So all was forgotten. I I don't get any Christmas cards from him, but <laughs> I think he'd talk to me if he saw me. <laughs> Perhaps the boys have uh, successfully made their way through to the final series, which comes up in uh, a couple of days' time. Uh, I reckon you see the Red Legs a fair bit over the course of the year. What have you made of them this year? Well, our best football can beat anybody, absolute anybody. Uh, our poorest football, and we've done that a couple of times, looks absolutely terrible. So when the formula's right, we can beat any team on, on our day. And you've got to remember that years ago, we did come from, you know, the elimination final, the fifth position, and, and got through and won the flag. So from our position this week coming up, look, you know, we, we can go through and win them all, I have no doubt. Um, new coach seems to have come up with a better game plan that we might have been having in the past. We don't seem to fiddle around with the ball too much in the back 50. We, we, we as spectators, you know, non-educated spectators, uh, we just love the more direct football that Norwood's playing this year, and it's really exciting. And we've got, oh, I just, it's hard to keep up with the young blokes that have come into the side. We've got so many good players, and they've, they've just appeared out of nowhere. I know some of them have come through the seconds, but uh, the recruiting's been really good, and just a lovely positive vibe over at the club with the new uh, Wolf Blast Function Centre opened up. It's a lovely, lovely place to go after the game for a drink and catch up. So... All is looking very positive for Norwood, I'm, I'm very pleased to say. Any particular young faces coming through that have really impressed you this year? Uh, look, I, I'm, I'm not going to pick anyone out, but some of the lads that... Like, well, Tristan Tristan Binder, or mm. Binder. Is it Binder or Binder? Oh, I think it's Binder. His, uh, his dad was Craig Binder. Binder, who you'd probably remember played a handful yes, of games yes, for I, the club in the 80s. I do, but you know, Tristan just... He just bursts the back open and takes some takes sensational marks. Great marks, and, exactly. And converts well. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I, just, I just think we've got 10 guys that fit into that mould. I mean, some, some of them obviously will get drafted, but that's the name of the game. We've been recovering from drafts uh, for some time. I don't like the mid-season draft. I think that's a shocker. But uh, we've been accustomed in that when we were winning our flags earlier this decade, or, well, 10 years ago, nine years ago, eight years ago, where we're used to losing half the team in the, in the, uh, in the draft immediately after the final. So um, it's amazing the resources that we've come up with and, and the full credit to the administrators. They've been doing a mighty job, really good.
Hearts, the football club is very proud to have you as uh, one of its best-known supporters. Uh, we know you get there more often than not. We look forward to uh, catching up with you over the course of the final series as well. Thanks for joining us on Red Leagues Radio. Thanks, boys. Uh, lovely to join you. It's a great club. It's a great tradition. Been going for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, here's to the next 50 years. Uh, not that I'll see that out, but uh, <laughs> go, go the mighty legs. Hopefully, hopefully you return and we see you for the final series and you've got a, a golf trophy in your possession, mate. Good luck with it. Thanks, mate. Good, as long as it's not the naga. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl Harper there, of course, ex-international cricket umpire, has uh, been a wonderful ambassador for the Norwood Football Club and the Adelaide Football Club when he was around overseas umpiring in all of those uh, wonderful and exotic places that international cricket takes you to. Really appreciate his company. That's Daryl Harper, their former international cricket umpire. And Norwood Tragic, we're off to a break. Don't go away. Plenty more here on Redlegs Radio. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Climat Air Conditioning. Climat Air Conditioning and Solar. Simply the best. You're listening to Redlegs Radio with Ben Hook. Thanks to Palmerbet. Play the punting advantage this footy season. Gamble responsibly. Call the Gambler's Helpline on 1-800-858-858. Well, it is time to turn our attention to the two big games on Sunday afternoon at Adelaide Oval. Finals time upon us, of course. South Adelaide and North Adelaide in the elimination final. And then the big game, the one we're all really concerned about it is the Eagles and Norwood in the qualifying final. To join us is Sandful footy expert and uh, media well, extraordinaire for Sandful, Mr. of course, Mr. is Sandful. Zach. Yeah, Mr. Sandful, Zach Milbank. Zach, welcome. Thanks for having me, boys. Uh, pleasure to make my debut on Red Legs Radio. Uh, what an illustrious debut it's going to be as well. And what a close to the minor round, Zach. I mean, so many um, different scenarios that played out over the course of Saturday afternoon. It really was exciting. It certainly was, and obviously uh, all of your listeners will well know that Nord were the big winners out of what unfolded on that last Super Saturday, obviously jumping into that double-chance position and uh, get the uh, all-important third spot ahead of uh, North Adelaide, who now slipped down to the elimination final. So a big result for the Redlegs. It certainly was, and North Adelaide, who have looked for parts of the year like they're going as well as anyone. I mean, Glenelg have been the standout, of course, but, gee, North Adelaide through the middle of the year were outstanding if they wobbled at the wrong time, Zach? Yeah, well, before the last fortnight, uh, Hookie, they'd won eight of their last nine. And uh, I remember that round 17 game against South Adelaide down at Norlunga. They made light work of them by 58 points. And I was thinking, gee whiz, they're taking some meaningful form uh, into September here. But, yeah, obviously the last two games, uh, Nord beating them at Prospect uh, and then obviously... On the weekend, getting absolutely smashed by Sturdard Unley uh, is certainly a big concern for their coach, Jacob Surgeon. Did you catch much of that game there, Zach? I, I really felt that Sturt produced one of the best games I've seen all year. I mean, defence, attack, they worked really hard, found space, had a lot more marks and kicks. I just felt it was a really impressive performance and they made North look quite slow at times. Yeah, there's no doubt, Ben, that uh, Sturt were up for that last game, knowing that they had to win to have any chance to make the top five. And as it happened, the results didn't go their way and South Adelaide beat West to secure that fifth spot. But uh, speaking to their captain, Alex Spina, um, during the week at the uh, Sample Media launch, he just said it was one of those days where just absolutely everything went right for Sturt and they were on from the word go and 
Um, he actually, funnily enough, lives with the Sturt skipper James Battersby, and uh, <laughs> fair to say that uh, he said that uh, yeah, he took his time. Um, I heard that uh, he took his time uh, in getting home either on Sunday night or even <laughs> Monday morning. I think he might have uh, stayed at home with mum and dad just to avoid his housemates. So. Is it kind of indicative of a really strong and um, even sort of competition to have Sturt to, to beat a challenger by 70 points? And then you've got Port, obviously, well, you know, they had a pretty damn strong list, but they knocked off Glenelg. So it's a real testament mm. to the health of, of the Sandfall at the moment. It's hard to pick a winner. Most definitely it is. Yeah, it is exactly right, and that's certainly going to be the case this Sunday. It's hard to pick a winner in both finals, particularly. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, wait for it to unfold here at the beautiful Adelaide Oval, which is looking a treat. Uh, Zach, let's turn our attention to the late game, uh, the qualifier, which, of course, most of the Redlegs fans will be very, very keen to hear your thoughts on. Norwood getting a mm. couple of big names back at the right time. They seem to be building nicely, a little bit like Port Adelaide in the AFL. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Matty Nunn, the skipper, uh, yeah, all caught us by surprise when the injury list came through this week, and all of a sudden he was a test to prove himself at training, and uh, provided he gets through that okay, He'll take his place in the side, which is a huge boost to that midfield. We all know what he can do, and he leads from the front uh, with his actions and obviously very strong at the clearances and also very strong defensively with his tackling ability as well as finding the footy. So just having that on-field leader and that extra senior body around Mitch Greaves and also Richie Douglas there through the midfield, um, that's going to make a huge difference. And then, obviously, that as we alluded to earlier on, having that double chance makes it that bit more important for Nord because then suddenly you don't have to take a risk on a Michael Talia or a Paul yeah. Piopolo, um in that first week. You can save those guys for the second week if need be. So, uh, yeah, it's huge for Nord. And, um, yeah, they'll be liking their chances to give the uh, Woodville West Times outfit a real run. Can we get a few tips from you, Zach, or do you have to sort of sit on the fence being Mr. <laughs> no, Sandful? No, <laughs> I, I, can, I can tip, uh, but uh, probably the, the listening audience aren't going to like my tip for the qualifying <laughs> final. I've just got to pick on form there, and obviously the Eagles are taking a heck of a lot of strong form in um, coming off a 104-point win against Central, won their last three, and obviously they've got so many uh, forward line options there with Jack Hayes, the Menzel brothers, Tyson Stengel's a star. Um, Riley Knight can um, roll through the midfield or yeah. in, um, in attack as well. So, yeah, just too many options there for me with Woodville West Times there. And then, gee whiz, the elimination finals, a real toss of a coin job for me. Um, both of those sides would have thought that they would finish in the top three mm. come sort of five or six weeks ago, but it wasn't a B for either. And they, had, they put on an absolute classic elimination final in 2018 when North prevailed by uh, 20 points in their run to the 2018 flag. But uh, I think they might just have a little bit too much firepower for South Adelaide in the elimination. And um, obviously they got over them pretty comfortably only three weeks ago as well. So North Adelaide for mine in the elimination and uh, to end one of the greatest careers in the sample uh, of Joel Cross, mm. obviously, um, who's uh, announced he will retire at season's end. Yeah, gee, I just wonder if the Joel Cross factor will be out there for the Panthers. I know they would love to repay mm. for everything that he has done for that club with a premiership. And it's a, it's a long way away coming from fifth, but yeah, I'm not going to completely rule South out, but I've got to be honest with you, Zach, I think you're probably right. I, 
I just I just would have loved to have seen the legs do a bit more against the Eagles during the year. You've only got to beat these teams once, yep. and it's it's in September. Yeah. But uh, that just seems to be the one team that they haven't matched up that well with. Just before you go, I want to ask you about Glenelg, who, of course, mm. top of the absolute wazza. I just wonder, mm-hmm. and we talk about, you know, the pre-finals buy, and that hasn't done any favours for the teams who've won straight through to the qualifying final. The Bays maybe had too many breaks. Yeah, it's an interesting lead-up, as you suggest there, Hookie. Yeah, and it, um, interestingly enough, I'm pretty sure the stat is that uh, the second semi-final um, winner um, hasn't won the flag since 2014, when, of course, Norwood um, did that in, with that classic grand final win against Port Adelaide. So it sort of suggested that that team that's got through to or won that second semi and then gone through to the grand final has perhaps not played enough footy in that last month because, of course, usually the minor premier goes straight or does go straight through and has that other extra week off. So it would be a bit of a concern and no doubt um, that's probably why they played um, arguably their strongest lineup against Port Adelaide and they got some guys like Lawson Hosey and Billy Stretch back into the side to try and get some miles into their legs. Zach, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate your expert opinion on everything going on with the big t- finals coming up on Sunday afternoon. We are right out of time. Thanks for joining us on Red Legs Radio. We'll see you all at the footy. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91